Hi, Jess. Hey, Kat. <laughs> I'm just starting off laughing immediately. I feel like I feel like we do that nine out of ten times we record. I, we're just so much of laughy people. It's fine. I mean, also we're a shit show, so it's always chaos <laughs> to the core, to the max. <laughs> um. Uh, so this jinx. week, okay. Okay. You owe me a Coke? What? <laughs> right. I know. I'll buy you one next time I'm in Florida. Okay. Yeah. So Kat and I actually hung out like last week. In Florida. Week in Florida. <laughs> she came and hung out with me um, while John was away. <laughs> yeah. It was a Jess, Kate, oh, Jess, Kat, and Luna weekend. It was fun. It was a good time. And our plan was actually to record a podcast, like, together for the first time instead of States Away, and then we just kind of decided to couch potato it up instead of record, so yeah, we were, we're recording from separate states again. <laughs> lazy bones. We are. But our plan originally was when we recorded, we wanted to make it special because it would be the first time we were recording together in the same state, in the same room, etc., um, so right. what we had planned to do was write each other's stories to read to you guys, um, which we're still going to do that now. <laughs> we're just <laughs> bummed we didn't get to do that in person to fully enjoy the reactions. <laughs> but let's be real. this You wouldn't be able to understand us. We'd be laughing too hard, especially seeing each other's faces. Like in per- It just, it would have been... Yeah. It would and funny. Luna would have been like up our butts, like lo- barking. I was gonna say yeah. laughing, but I mean, barking. She does that. <laughs> yeah, she does the laughing thing. It's fine. And like looking at us, like we're crazy people. But... <laughs> so for the greater good, here we are. <laughs> here we are. Here we are. We're doing it from separate states, but we're this. The plan is the same. The plan is um, the same. The plan is so, the same. Like we just emailed each other what we're reading. Like so, Jess has no ago. idea what she's reading, and I have no idea what I'm reading. So, yeah, <laughs> here we go. It's that way. If you guys haven't heard any of the stories that we're going to talk about today, it's like a reaction all across right. the board. <laughs> all over. <laughs> okay, Jess, are you ready to make them stay inside? Yes. Am I <laughs> okay. going first? Or are you? I'll go first. Okay, okay. Blake Lanier. Lanier? Linear. Linear, okay. Oh, you did this on purpose. Okay. Lake Lanier is a reservoir in the northern part of Georgia. Uh, People come here from all over the country to swim, boat, and party. Sounds like a good time. Mm -hmm. The name, the lake was named after a Georgia poet named Sidney Lanier, Mm -hmm. who wrote Song of Chattahoochee. I've never heard that song. Chattahoochee. Song of Chattahoochee. Yep. Okay. Um, okay. Sounds and like it's a original- great song. I right. It, it reminds me of Alan Jackson. Like I feel like I hear. I literally hear a banjo playing. 
<laughs> it gets hotter than a hoochie's coochie. That's not what comes up when you <laughs> like. <laughs> Come on. Alan Jackson is sad. <laughs> its original purpose was to provide hydroelectricity, navigation, and flood control over the Catahoochee River and water supply for all of the city of Atlanta. Okay. That's okay. So it was a man-made lake. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. It was created by the... It was, cre- it was created by the completion of the Buford Dam on the Catahoochee River in 1956. And it also was fed by the waters of the Chastity? Chastity? Chastity. Chastity River. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> this is terrible. I feel like you gave me a tongue twister. <laughs> I like three-letter words, please. Okay. The lake is approximately 59 square miles of water, which is about 625 billion gallons of water, the equivalent to 950,000 Olympic-sized swimming pools, and its maximum depth is 156 feet. Okay, so like this is a large man-made lake. It's a big-ass lake. Yeah, it's a big-ass lake. That's what this shit has said. It's a big-ass lake. Okay. <laughs> uh, a part of me is like, is this even going to be reusable? Okay. Like, it are is. you going to be like, fucking cat, you fucked it all up. Okay. No. We got this. Okay. You're doing great. I'm just, Thanks. I have the giggles, so <laughs> it's not helping the situation. Uh, the lake is patrolled by the Georgia Department of Natural Resources and local law enforcement. Okay. Normal. Georgia, Florida, and Alabama all have rights to the water as it feeds rivers going into all of the states. Okay. Send four. History of the lake. The reservoir's groundbreaking occurred in 1950, but before that, the town's name of Oscarville occupied a part of the current location of the lake. Um, Then the government came in and wanted to pay people for their land so they could create the lake. Gotcha. So basically the lake, like, is more important than your house gotta go away mm-hmm. oscarville was a small community that was also the site of a 1912 lynching which resulted in the displacement of all 1100 black people from forth's county for the record that is f-o-r-s-y-t-h because it took a lot of takes for me to say that aka 10 percent of the population of the town at the time because of this people believed that the lake was cursed in June 2006, the lake level reading was nearly two feet higher than the actual level. Because of this, 22 billion gallons of excess water have been released, which caused a man-made drought. Damn. This coincidentally came at the time when outdoor water use restrictions were being put in place by local governments. 22 gallons? 22 mm-hmm. billion gallons of water. Okay. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Okay. In November 2007, the water level was at 1,052.53 feet, setting a new record low. One month later, the water stabilized. A month later? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we're talking about Texas drought. To know that the water levels would go up in one month. Yeah, I think it was like... Mind. <clears throat> what was the month? It was like winter. November. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so they just must have gotten a lot of rain or snow. I guess so. Some kind of monsoon. Well, it's Georgia, <laughs> so not snow. Yeah, not snow. Know. The record low lake levels had revealed parts of the lake bottom not seen since the 1950s, including remnants of a road and foundation of homes that had been abandoned for the, the construction. Oh, so like the whole town. Yeah. It was under there still. Yeah, Oh, dude. dang. It's so wild. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Also found were discarded trash, boat batteries, sunken boats, stolen firearms, casual, and several, gosh, and several automobiles. Okay. I mean, we t- discovered Big Lake. I guess a lot thing, a lot of things can happen. In yeah. The, you know, 50 there's or 60 also, years. I know there's at least one bridge that goes over the lake. So mm-hmm. people yeah, just drive I mean, over the bridge and are like, Throwing, I'm gonna toss, toss my whole car over the bridge. (laughs) I was gonna say firearms. Several automobiles, like no, several. Okay. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. The scenes from Ozark were actually filmed on this lake. Cool. Is it part of the Ozarks? No. Okay. Ozarks are, are in the Midwest. They're like Missouri area. I thought it like stretched down. I don't know. Obviously. I honestly, I'm not a geography queen, so I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. maybe neither. <laughs> okay, the next section is literally labeled "creepy shit." Thanks, Jess. Yeah, you're gonna love it. <laughs> okay. Over the years, divers had reported creepy sightings beneath the lake's waters. The fuck. <laughs> Some say that there is catfish the size of a Volkswagen. <laughs> Are you sure it's not all the abandoned automobiles? <laughs> oh, gosh. There are YouTube videos showing sunken houseboats and piles of debris. Okay. Sunken houseboats? We're talking in 60 years. Like, this is modern day. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Like, okay. This is just a lot, I guess, over 60 years to happen to one late. In 2017... Buck Bunchanon Bunchanon <laughs> In 2017, a man named Buck told the local police that while he was sometimes diving, he would feel body parts in the lake. He states, you reach out into the dark and you feel an arm or a leg and it doesn't move. What? Okay, is Buck on something though? Is he the only one that says this? No, there have been a couple divers. Oh, yeah. So okay, it's not just But that's Buck. that's the one that had actually reported um to ABC, which is the article okay. that I read. Gotcha. Okay. <clears throat> According to an article from CNN, more than 200 people have died swimming in boating accidents on the lake since 1994. You mean to tell me that in 27 years, 200 people have died? Mhm. Cursed, bro. Holy crap. Right. No, that alone should be like, hey, don't go in this lake. It turns out that the town of Oscarville had a cemetery. While most of the bodies were marked and their graves moved, it's believed that some unmarked graves were left behind and now buried deep beneath the lake's waters. Okay. Yeah. That might make (laughs) the dead people angry. Like, I'm like sitting here like, that mean, that would piss me off. You want to move me? From this little town that I grew up in and died in, 
And put a lake over my body? No. Okay. Gross. I was crying. I was <laughs> no, same. Um, in 1958, two friends, Delia Mae Parker Young and Susie Roberts, left a dance. While driving, the girls skid off the bridge while crossing the lake and disappeared. What? Cape Ray. Like, basically left prom and like... Okay. Yeah. Um, the following year, a fisherman came across a body floating near one of the bridges this was the body of Delia May. What? Until 1990, the officials discovered that the 1950s Ford sedan with remains belonged to Roberts. What? That's that. That's 30 years later. That's more mm. than 30 years later. Yep. Delia May's ghost has been dubbed Lady of the Lake and is seen to this day walking the bridge, seeming lost and restless. Holy crap. Okay, yeah, that's creepy. Mm-hmm. You want to tell me some guy, when he's diving, sees body parts, and now there's this just casually this lady on the bridge that's like, hi, I left prom and died. Yeah, and also that's you can insane. see remnants of a town underneath? No thanks. Yeah, that alone would be so creepy. It's cre- It creeps me out enough when I know that there's trees in the man-made oh, lakes like at the bottom. Yes! Like, that's so creepy. And then you're going to tell me there's a town down there? Like, okay. I'm trying to recreate Atlantis or some shit. <laughs> oh, look. Ew, ew. While swimming, some people feel their legs being pulled on, forcing them down. Oh, my God. Why would anybody go in this lake? <laughs> this is enough. This is enough. There's a whole other bullet. Okay. None of this has affected the lake's popularity. There was about 12 million visitors in the last year. Okay, no. All right, <laughs> stay home. Stay inside. Don't go to this freaking lake. Absolutely not. Thank you, Jess. This was terrifying. You I don't want to go here. I know. Don't take me here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't want to go, so you're good. That's creepy. Yeah. yeah. So that is... Lake that's linear yeah i brought it up one time and i was like hey like uh, this is something i have to talk about and then you were like what is that and i was like oh, oh and now gosh. you talked about it so that's i didn't terrifying. have to that's so funny because i completely forgot <laughs> and also yeah and also you don't do spooky things so i was making you do a spooky thing oh, that is a spooky thing you're welcome quite spooky quite spooky <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jess, let them know your reason to stay inside this week. Okay, so my reason to stay inside, apparently, is for this lady, Dorothy Jane Scott. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dorothy was a 32-year-old woman from Southern California. She's a single mother to her four-year-old son named Sean. His dad didn't live close, so it was really just Dorothy, her son, her aunt, which they lived with, and her parents, Jacob and Vera. And she was a secretary at, quote, the Swingers Psych Shop and Custom John's Head Shop, end quote. What? (laughs) (laughs) To me, it it just seems like some real weird place, like a really weird place. The Swingers, so Swingers go here for psychic readings. That's what I'm getting from this. And John has a head. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. To me, it's like a, like you see that on the highway, and you're like, what the hell did that just say? The swingers and you just keep driving. 
The Swingers, it's like a mouthful. The Swingers Psych Shop and Custom John's Head Shop in Anaheim, right. California, which is about five minutes from her home, hometown. Uh, it says, I know the name sounds a little suspicious, but she was actually just a regular homebody. It said that she didn't dabble in drugs and just like to stay home. She was a strict Christian and really wanted to live a good and quiet life. So another thing about Dorothy is that she gets these very strange phone calls from a mystery man every day. Whew, no thank you. Um, some threatening, some just show that he might be stalking her. There's a quote. It says, when I get you alone, I will cut you up into bits so no one will ever find you. Yeah, no thank you. <laughs> could you imagine just picking up your phone some random guy says that to you yeah um, no I would throw out everything and then yeah. go my identity's the changing yes my identity's changing <laughs> I meant to say I said on the grid I meant off the grid I'm going off <laughs> the grid no one will find me ever again okay <clears throat> and another instance that he convinced her to go outside while she's at work, only to find a dead rose on the hood of her car. You're fucking joking, Reno. <laughs> um, <laughs> everyone knew about these calls. <laughs> everyone knew about these calls. Dorothy said that the voice always sounded familiar, but she couldn't put her finger on it. It obviously worried her. I mean, she has a son and lives with her aunt, so she's not alone. Um... But it scared her so much that she actually started to take karate classes, good for her, to protect herself if she ever needed to. After a work meeting at the end of May, Dorothy and her coworker Pam noticed that another one of their coworkers, Conrad, had a weird rash all over his arm, and they convinced him to let Dorothy and Pam take him to the hospital. Dorothy just had to go to her parents' house to check on her son just because she was going to be late picking him up now. Um, So when she got there, she changed into a warmer scarf from the lighter black one that she had been wearing. Then went to go pick up her two coworkers to head to the U.S. Irvine Medical Center. It's a good thing they went to the hospital because it turns out that Conrad had actually been bitten by a black widow. Oh, shit. Luckily, they were able to give him a prescription and treat it there, then let him be discharged all pretty quickly. So as things are wrapping up, Dorothy tells her co-workers that she's going to go grab the car and pull it around for them. So Conrad and Pam walk out of the hospital and toward Dorothy's car when all of a sudden her white station wagon darts by them and out of the parking lot. Oh, no. They couldn't tell if Dorothy was the person driving just because the headlights were too bright. Uh, And then it says it was around midnight when this happens. At first, they just brush, brush it off like maybe she was in a hurry and needed to get back to her son. But after not hearing from her, even in the early hours of the next day, they began to worry and reported her missing. Good job. They should have done that. Yes. Um, Very early on, in fact, that day, the police found Dorothy's car burned in an alley only 10 miles away from the hospital, leading police to believe she was kidnapped. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, just like, casually, her car is 
burning in an alley. And she was supposed to be just like missing. So those, so those that knew her knew it was the guy who was giving her phone calls, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, with the way that the phone calls were going, he really was a stalker who had some kind of romantic feelings towards Dorothy, like he was obsessed in a love way, which leads to being one of the most dangerous of all the stalkers. As one week quickly turns into two, <clears throat> everyone is just praying that they are able to find Dorothy alive. The police actually tell Dorothy's family not to be too public about everything in hopes that it turns into a ransom type situation and they'd be able to make a deal with them and comply not saying anything. But one day while at home, Dorothy's mom picks up the phone from an unknown caller. Are you related to Dorothy Scott? The caller asks. Yes, said her mother. And then terrifyingly enough, the caller says, I've got her. And then hangs up the call. Holy shit. Right, like your kid is missing. And then the person who kidnapped her calls you. Yeah. Um, This is kind of a stupid question, but would they be like running like monitoring the telephone calls at all they do so but like you'll go on to learn that like he never is on the phone long enough for them to know where he's at fuck because it's like 10 seconds i think it takes or 15 seconds and he's only ever on for like 10 yeah that's crazy okay obviously after this there's a fire in them that let them know that they couldn't just listen to the police any longer um they reached out to the newspaper and started asking for the public's help to find their daughter once this paper goes out to the editor, oh, once this paper goes out, the editor of the paper actually gets a call saying that he has killed Dorothy and was able to give details of the case that haven't been shared with the public, including her scarf color that she had changed into before leaving for the hospital and talked about how Conrad's arm was infected with a spider bite. Also, never told to the public. He told the editor that he was at the hospital to talk to Dorothy or, quote, his love about her pursuing another man. And after he had her and she denied it, he knew he had to kill her. Oh. Right. It's terrifying. Like her stalker. Right. It's also crazy that he knew all of these things. Like he obviously talked to her. Yeah. All of this led the family to believe that the odds of getting Dorothy back alive were smaller than they had initially thought. And as if this wasn't d- difficult enough to deal with, the caller keeps calling Dorothy's parents' house. No way. Right. In fact, he calls every Wednesday for just enough time to not be traceable for the next four years, asking if she's home and sometimes talking about how he's killed her, sometimes about how he's tortured her. Right. Jaw drop immediately. Like, how torturous is that? For four years. Every Wednesday for four fucking years. For four years. Mm-mm. So the calls keep coming in until one day Dorothy's dad answers the phone, which was unusual because it was normally Dorothy's mom. And ever since that call, the man stopped calling. Oh, shit. I wonder what he said. Many people believe that he must have thought someone else had moved into the house. 
Hmm. August. Like, this... I guess he thought like they moved away. You know, like oh this yeah, because it's a different voice. They're tired... Yeah, they're tired of me calling or something. Uh, interesting. August of the same year, the calls stopped in 1984. Construction workers had found some bones, and after the police had gotten there, they confirmed that they were human remains, not just animal bones. They also found a turquoise ring and a watch that showed May 29, 1980, on the day Dorothy went missing. Right. Imagine finding a watch with, oh. Like the day she, yeah, the day she was taken is the day that the watch is stopped. Okay, so that means that that was probably the day that she died. I I couldn't find anything that said that, but like I feel like that's safe to assume. Yeah. After being tested, the results proved the remains were in fact Dorothy's. This means she was not. She, this means she was found only ten miles from where her car was found. Ugh. Right. So like the car was ten miles from the hospital. And her remains 10 miles from the car. That's... Like a 20-mile radius. Radius. Oh, my God. Right. This is sad. This is crazy. Still... Oh, my God. Still, there has been no arrest made for the murder of Dorothy, and there is no leads on who may have killed her. Both of Dorothy's parents have passed, not ever knowing who killed their daughter. And then it says at the end, what the fuck, cat? Right. Like, that's basically the end. Like... I mean, obviously, there's theories of who it is and things like that, but there's no true anything. Holy right. shit. Yeah, that's wild. Okay. Uh, yeah. Makes me want to stay inside. Like, <laughs> Makes me want to stay inside. Makes me want to move. But, like, It just goes to show, like, be super aware of your aroundings. Sur- Surroundings. Your aroundings. Your aroundings. All of the aroundings. <laughs> Also, if you have a stalker, report it to the police. File a restraining right. order if you right. know who it is. If not, if I, I mean, just I would contact the police immediately. <laughs> Word of the wise, call the police. Okay. So if y'all want to keep listening, I mean, you know where to find us. <laughs> if you... If you want to email us, say what's up, give us any stories of your own that are creepy and make you want to stay inside, please do that. Um, email us at stayinsidepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at stayinsidepodcast or follow us on Twitter at stayinsidepod. Um, we hope you guys like this episode. Uh, very funny, very different, very, I don't know. Yeah, Jess and I were definitely in tears laughing at each other reading our notes because we make notes very differently. We do. <laughs> it was hard. We do. It was difficult. <laughs> but maybe if you guys like this, let us know. Um, yeah. And we'll do it every so often. So, yeah. Um, until then, stay inside, my dudes. Yeah. Don't go outside. Stay inside. Okay, bye. <laughs> All right, bye.